Hello and welcome again to the Interfaith Experience Podcast. Kenneth Boggs here in the studio. I want to apologize for not being here for the last uh, month. I think it's been since our last recorded. Had a lot going on, kept scheduling sessions and then had to push them back. So I appreciate you listening in uh, the last two episodes and I hope that you'll listen to this one and that you will find some grounding and some peace. Today I want to talk about the Metta or Loving Kindness Meditation, and I'm going to talk about the Divine Feminine. And so I will play a quick commercial, and then we'll get back into it. Thank you again for listening. You've spent your life working hard. Now it's time to enjoy it. Hi, this is Aaron Kelch, owner of Kelch Communities, and I want to tell you about our signature independent community, Canterbury Park. You could spend your days cooking, cleaning, and doing chores, or you could spend it here with us and take the stress out of life. Make new friends. Enjoy chef-prepared meals. Use our on-site banking. Canterbury Park has transportation available to take you on your errands and personal appointments. It's time for you to enjoy life without the trouble of maintaining it. Call Canterbury Park at 501-5100. All right. Again, we're going to talk today about the Metta, M-E-T-T-A, or loving-kindness meditation. This is something that's often used in a Buddhist context, um, but a lot of people turning to it see Tara Brock and Jack Cornfield talking about this a lot. In this form of meditation, uh, we direct loving-kindness towards ourselves and then in a sequence of expansion towards somebody that we love already, uh, towards somebody that we are neutral towards. Maybe we see them at work, we don't really have a relationship with them. And then to somebody we have difficulty with, maybe they hate our guts and we hate theirs back, and there's been a long time problem. And, uh, and then ultimately towards all beings everywhere without distinction. The purpose of this, um, for me at least, is to find uh, forgiveness uh, if there's somebody that I need to forgive or somebody that... I hope will forgive me for something. Um, and it's to direct loving kindness towards everyone, no matter where they come from, uh, what they look like, what their background is. This can be done, uh, especially in this day and age, because there's so much hatred in the world. Um, there's a lot of good in the world, too. I want to focus on that, not on the hatred, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of anger going on right now. And uh, the loving kindness or metta meditation can be done in order to ground us and to send out love and joy and blessings to everyone. So if we start with ourselves, and Jack Cornfield, he talks about sometimes it can be difficult to start with ourselves, so maybe it's better to start with someone else. Um, but if we start with ourselves, what we'll say is something like we could sit in, in quiet meditation, we can close our eyes, we can take a deep breath. And then we might say, may I be safe and protected. May I be healthy and strong. May I be truly happy. And we can repeat that to ourselves a few times until we begin to really believe it and to trust and to manifest it. We are conscious creators, as my friend Justice likes to say. We get to manifest and create in the universe, and we get to work with God to create the life that we want. If we can truly believe that, it's actually true. Um, and so by wishing ourselves safety and protection and, and being healthy and strong and being happy, we can actually make that happen. And then we begin to direct that outwards to someone else. So maybe we pick our spouse, uh, our children, somebody that we really love and care about. And it's easy at this point to wish them these blessings and well-being because we love them and they love us back. And so we say, may you too be safe and protected. May you be healthy and strong. May you be truly happy. 
Again, sitting in quiet meditation with our eyes closed, deep breathing deeply, and just wishing happiness and well-being to this person that we love. And then we can move into somebody that we're neutral towards. Again, maybe a coworker, somebody we pass on the street often but don't know. And we may pull their image of their face into our minds, and we might just sit with that and say, may you be safe and protected. May you be healthy and strong. May you be truly happy. And again, this is uh, an easy thing to do for pretty much because we don't know this person. We don't have a relationship with them, but we're not, uh, there's no animosity there. There's no ill will. And so it's a little easier to wish somebody like that uh, blessings and kindness. And we feel good when we do these things. But then we start moving into somebody that we have a difficult relationship with. Maybe it's our parents, our children, our spouse. Uh, maybe somebody that we've broken up with. We have a lot of anger. Um, you know, this is where we get into the real soul work, uh, bringing healing and forgiveness. Because we're really only causing suffering to ourselves when we hold on to this anger. I learned this lesson very well, very well, uh, holding on to anger for so long. And it causes disease. It causes uh, uh, health problems. And we're the only ones suffering. The other person may not even be aware that we're holding on to this kind of pain and anger. And so we're just calling ourselves and, and suffering ourselves. And so we begin to picture that person in our minds. And we say, may you be safe and protected. May you be healthy and strong. May you be truly happy. And I promise you, if you'll do this for a month, you know, I say, I think it says uh, 21 days to build a habit. You do this for a month and your feelings towards that person will radically shift. You'll be able to find peace within yourself again. You'll be able to find letting go of anger, letting go and accepting what's happened and being able to move forward instead of being stuck in the past where we spend so much of our time. We should be living our lives in the present. The past is over. We can't change it. The future hasn't happened yet. We live here in the now. As Ram Dass would say, be here now. This is the practice of Zen Buddhism. Be here now, in the present moment. And finally, we look to all beings. I love this word, beings, that uh, the Buddhist tradition often uses. You hear this uh, from the Dalai Lama and others, other Buddhist teachers, Thich Nhat Hanh and others. Thich Nhat Hanh is a great uh, resource also for the loving-kindness meditation. We begin to look um, not just at all humans, at all of creation. We should be shepherds and stewards of creation, not dictators. This is why our planet's in the shape that it's in. We have so often in the West in particular really um, destroyed and taken what we want and not given a flip about what happens next, what, what our children and grandchildren will have to deal with, and now we're paying the consequences. So we begin to look at all beings, all of creation. If your mind is open to it, maybe not even being on this planet, maybe looking out into the universe, even in, even though we haven't actually discovered life anywhere else, there's still that possibility that it's there. And so we can look at all beings, near and far, all beings, young and old, beings in every direction. May they be held in great loving kindness. May they be safe and protected. May they be healthy and strong. May they be truly happy. May the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, may the four-legged and the eight-legged and the six-legged and the thousand-legged and the one-hundred-legged, Father Sean Alera talks about so much in his beautiful Eucharistic prayer of the cosmos. We acknowledge all beings and we wish them all loving kindness. We wish them all joy and happiness and protection. So that is the loving kindness or metta meditation. You can start with yourself or you can start with others and work backwards to yourself if you have difficulty wishing yourself loving kindness. 
start with someone that you love, start with someone that you uh, have a deep relationship and, and care about very deeply and they care about you. Move on to someone you're neutral towards, don't have much of a relationship with, and then do that hard work of someone that you just don't get along with and they don't get along with you and there's friction. All of these people are in our lives to help grow and shape our souls. Those who bring out our dark side, our shadow self, they are there to help us grow. And that's a hard lesson to learn. It takes a long time sometimes for us. It took me a long time to come to that realization that the people that are bringing out the worst in me are really, they're mirrors of myself. I'm seeing what I don't like in myself and I'm taking it out on them. And in the reality is that they're there as a mirror and to reflect who I am so that I can work on myself and so that I can keep growing. And without that tension and friction that they bring, we would be stuck and we wouldn't really grow. If we're around only people like us, only people that we love and that love us back, we don't have those hard edges to begin to shave off. And having people in our lives that cause that friction, they allow us to shave off those rough edges and begin to polish and to grow. And then finally, again, to all beings, may the ants that we passed in the forest trail, may they be at peace as they go about their work. May the honeybees, may the wasps that stung me last week, may they be at peace. May the beautiful hummingbirds and the grass of the field, may it be at peace. May it grow and be healthy and strong. And again, we do this to bring about forgiveness within ourselves, to bring uh, a softening to ourselves, and to bring peace to all beings, all life. And I want to go, um, speaking of kind of softening ourselves, I want to talk next is about the divine feminine. This is a term that I didn't know anything about growing up in the Baptist church. God, as we always talked, was depicted in masculine. God the Father, God the Son, even God the Holy Spirit was depicted in male terms, a product of a patriarchal culture in which the Bible came out of. Many of the cultures of the ancient Near East, they were very male-dominated. Uh, but in history, and we've seen in Egypt and other cultures, when women were in charge, uh, Native American and shamanic cultures, uh, women brought a balance and they brought a, a different perspective. And this is just not something that was on my radar growing up, and it, uh, it's hit me pretty hard in the last couple of years. Um, I was leaning too far toward the masculine side and needed that feminine balance. That's what the divine feminine does. It comes in the feminine face of God. It brings in balance and wholeness and healing. And when I started looking at this, I knew from my studies in college of Greek that pneuma, the word for spirit, um, can also mean breath or wind, but it's in the feminine. And then when I started looking into the Hebrew and in the Old Testament, I saw the, the, the ruach, the spirit of God, the spirit breath wind is also in the feminine, the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Numa in Greek, the Shekinah, the glory of God that is spoken of in the Old Testament is all in female and feminine terms. And many of the ancient cultures had all of these goddesses and gods as well. God came in both masculine and feminine forms. Um, Father Sean, in his Eucharistic liturgy, he, he says that we are one family, but we are the twin energies of our race, the feminine and the masculine, which are the two facets of your eminence. And he's referring to God there. The two facets of God's eminence are masculine and feminine. That's why we were created masculine and feminine. I've always wondered, you know, what does it mean to be created in the image of God, in the likeness of God? And there's all kinds of theories on what that means. But Father Sean, 
So we have to have the, the male and the female in order to balance. This is the yin-yang of Taoism, the balance that we need on the planet. This is why we're seeing a return of the divine feminine now. This is why there are so many female-led movements going on in the last few years. And while they'll continue because the divine feminine has returned, she never left. But there was a time for the last you know, probably 2,000 years or so while we've been in the age of Pisces that was very male-dominated, um, particularly in the West, in the church, very male-dominated. And uh, she has returned. The feminine face of God has returned to bring about balance again and healing and wholeness in the planet. I began encountering the divine feminine without realizing it in the form of the Bodhisattva or the goddess Kuan Yin. Kuan Yin is known as she who hears the cries of the world. Originally, Kuan Yin started as a male deity. A Bodhisattva in Buddhism is um, someone who has attained enlightenment. But then before stepping into nirvana, she heard the cries of someone in the world world and she delayed entering nirvana and um and came back and said, I won't leave, I won't go into nirvana until all beings are enlightened or free of suffering. And over time, she morphed from being known as Avalokiteshvara in India as a male bodhisattva um, and began morphing into a female version. By the time she gets to China, which is evidence that she was in China uh, during the Taoist period before uh, Buddhism came, she was already known as Guanyin. And then in comes to us in English as Kuanyin. Uh, you can spell that K. K-U-A-N-Y-I-N or K-W-A-N-Y-I-N. Uh, in Japan, she's known as Canon. For me, she's an archetype of compassion and empathy. That's what she's known as, the Bodhisattva of compassion. And I see her as the feminine face of God. So I kind of needed a, to see an image, I guess, to get my attention. God was, hey, I'm hitting you with this, uh, you know, this archetype that you can look at, but I'm going to give you a physical form to look at, and it's going to keep hitting you wherever you go. I'm going to keep sending you pictures of her. I would go into see Reiki or something, there'd be a poster of her on the wall or drive by someone's house, there's a statue of her in, her, in the yard or, you know, you go into a business and, and there she is. And uh, it took me several years to even realize like, I was seeing the same person. I didn't know who this was. And finally, when I got into Zen Buddhism, um, there she was. And I said, okay, who is this? And finally, after a couple of years, I began paying attention to her various images. And Kuan Yin is often depicted riding on the back of a dragon or holding a vase in her hand. She's pouring out elixir into the world, bringing healing into the world. And I have uh, a couple statues of her now and a painting, uh, just a beautiful painting of her holding a lotus flower and wearing blue robes and looking with great compassion and kindness. And what I love about my picture is it's got a like a halo behind her, a bright light, and then a dove, um, which in Christianity is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And so it just kind of all came together in this modern painting that I found on eBay. And it's like, I have to have that because something's going on here. I, I came across her also in um, the healing practice of Joe Ray, which is a Japanese healing, uh, similar to Reiki, and she began getting my attention there through the teachings of Mokichi Okada, um, who's known as Meishu Sama. And so Kuan Yin, um, for him, for, for Meishu Sama, he said God appeared to him in the female form as Kuan Yin and put a light into his stomach that he could then channel out um, to bring healing to the world. And so he calls her canon because he's Japanese, um, but I, I prefer Kuan Yin, uh, the Chinese version. And I wanted to read a little prayer of Kuan Yin that I found really... Um, just incredible because it doesn't blame. It accepts us fully for who we are. And you think about God, 
in whatever form you want to call God. God should be someone that accepts us children as we are. And I found in this prayer of Kuan Yin that that is exactly that she's coming as a mother figure. She's similar to some ways that Catholics or Eastern Orthodox might think about um, the mother of God, uh, Mary, the Virgin Mary, the Theotokos, the mother of God, the God-bearer. We think of God in feminine form. We can think of a mother because that's what we need. There are times in the Old Testament God talks about being a mother, cradling us uh, under his wings, and that's our, her wings, you know, that sort of thing. Um, we need the, the mother figure again. We've been far too long dominated by male images of God and God as a wrathful father, and we need to return to the feminine mother, the the easy, the 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 gracious, the loving, the gentle mother. So that's what I find in Kuan Yin as an archetype of of the feminine face of God. So the prayer says, To those who withhold refuge, I cradle you in safety at the core of my being. To those that cause a child to cry out, I grant you the freedom to express your own choked agony. To those who inflict terror, I remind you that you shine with the purity of a thousand suns. To those who would confine, suppress, or deny, I offer the limitless expanse of the sky. To those who cling and grasp, I promise more abundance than you could ever hold on to. To those who must frighten into submission, I hold you in the bosom of your original mother. To those who cause agony to others, I give the gift of free-flowing tears. To those who deny another's right to be, I remind you that the angels sing in celebration of you on the day of your birth. For those who have forgotten the tender mercies of a mother's embrace, I send a gentle breeze to caress your brow. To those who still feel somehow incomplete, I offer the perfect sanctity of this moment. May you be safe and protected. May you be healthy and strong. May you be truly happy. May you be at peace. Thank you again for listening. Again, my apologies for missing out for the past month. I hope to get another episode recorded this month. And then a couple in August, September, we'll see where things go. Know that I'm thinking about you and I appreciate your, your listening to this podcast. I hope it brings you some peace in the midst of so much chaos in the world at times. Again, this is Reverend Kenneth Boggs with the Interfaith Experience Podcast. May you have a wonderful day. 